This is Joan Banks-Smith, creative producer for Kessler Foundation. In May of 2020, Kessler Foundation awarded nearly $1 million in COVID-19 emergency grant funding for nonprofits faced with the challenges of serving people with disabilities in New Jersey. The recipient organizations were current or former grantees of Kessler Foundation's employment grant program. Kessler Foundation provided 37 grants of $10,000 to $40,000 to help with unanticipated needs and expenses. In this mini-series, we talked with grantees past and present who received emergency funding to help offset the cost of both technology and personal protective equipment. The various organizations had to adopt alternative ways of connecting people with one another and keeping staff and clients safe. Today I'm speaking remotely with Nancy Miller, Executive Director and CEO for Visions, Services for the Blind and Visually Impaired in New York City, New York, about the ability to quickly go from in-person training sessions to hosting five virtual work readiness training sessions to help blind job seekers prepare for work throughout the quickly changing environment during the pandemic. Hi, Nancy, and welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Nancy, can you tell us about the work of Visions and how it serves those with challenges? Visions was uh, started by six women in 1926. So we are 94 years old. We'll be celebrating our 95th anniversary in 2021. It was started because um, these women happened to be the wives of a number of men who were serving on the board of a very large blindness organization. The fact that they weren't able to serve on the board was one of the issues that they wanted to address. But also when they make recommendations for programs and services, their issues weren't always heated. So they decided to start their own organization, basically to fill the gaps, to provide the services that the largest blindness organizations in New York City were not addressing. And what were those gaps? Well, they are the same gaps that we are addressing today. Number one is blind people find it difficult to find and get hired for jobs that are commensurate with their educations, backgrounds, and experience. And number two, when somebody loses their vision, they need to have supports around them in order to be able to learn new skills and non-visual ways of managing independent living, of managing mobility, of managing in whatever setting they're in, whether it's school or work. And so uh, women who founded Visions founded it with the idea that it would be family services, not just individual services. Back then in the 1920s, it was very rare that organizations offered programs that were racially integrated. However, these women were uh, of a time when they felt that any blind person, regardless of ethnicity, language, immigration status, 
age, income, everybody should be eligible for programs and services and should be served equitably. And so the founding mothers of Visions really set the stage for the organization that Visions is today. We provide services to approximately 7,000 people a year. Most of the people that we serve and call them participants in our program, most live in New York State. However, we have, uh, through the help of the Kessler Foundation, started serving more and more residents of New Jersey as well. Our vision is for everyone to see what is possible. And that means that we set high expectations. We encourage people to reach for whatever goals they are interested in. We believe that blind people and people who are blind with other disabilities are able to do anything that a sighted person or a non-disabled person can do. They just do it differently. And our services help blind people see non-visually how to accomplish all of the tasks that they need in order to be successful. How has the Emergency Grant Fund helped your organization during the pandemic? We were told in the middle of March basically to stay home and pause services. We had been providing almost all of our services in person, whether it was going to the person's home or whether it was having some of our participants come to our overnight residential program, which is located in Rockland County, just over the New Jersey border. But in March, we told all of our staff to stay home and we would find a way to provide services to our participants remotely and virtually. In particular, we were most concerned about our youth and college students and adults who were getting ready for work or who were actually seeking jobs. And so the emergency that we got from Kessler enabled our staff to develop brand new curricula for remote learning that would focus on the work readiness skills, that would focus on how to prepare for virtual job interviews and how to basically do a job search in the middle of a pandemic. Once the staff were able to create curriculum for each of the work readiness sessions, we then recruited New York and New Jersey residents who were either in college or had just graduated from college or who were in job-seeking mode and invited them to come to these virtual remote work readiness trainings. What we figured out immediately was that many of the blind and 
blind, multi-disabled participants didn't know how to use the platform that we were going to offer these programs in. They didn't know how to use Zoom. They didn't know how to Google Meet. They were unfamiliar with FaceTime or WhatsApp. And so we had to first train the participants on how to use the remote and virtual platforms, what the accessibility features were, how they could use it as, as a blind individual. For those participants that didn't have access to smartphone or didn't have access to an accessible computer, we taught them how to call in to these programs. So the beginning of each of the sessions was really about how do you use a remote platform and how do you use it as a blind person or a person with multiple disabilities. We do provide services to people who are deafblind as well as people who have physical disabilities in addition to their blindness. And many of our participants also have mental health issues or chronic men mental illness that they're coping with in addition to the vision loss. Once we were able to give the participants the training on how to use the platform, we then divided them into small groups because we too were just learning how to best do remote training. And we thought it would be best to start off with small groups of about eight participants in each group so that they would have a peer group, but we would also be able to give some individual attention to those who, who needed it. And we worked on basically how to do a job search during the pandemic, when and if to disclose your disability, working on beefing up their resume and making sure that their resumes were had no typographical errors and were really presenting them uh, with their strengths. We work with them on writing cover letters for jobs, how to do both in-person and virtual interviews. And we did both group interviews as well as mock interviews where we invited human resource professionals from various companies to do an actual interview with our job seekers so they would have a sense of what an interview would be like. And then also introduce them to some of the interviews that are being done now just by being asked a question and you record your answer. You're not even interviewing with a person. These are automated interviews. And uh, we were able to teach the participants how to interact with an automated interview to make the best impression that they could. We also added um, a lot of work on stress management because we found so many of the participants had been nervous about job seeking, but now they were just so anxious about looking for jobs during a pandemic. And we also talked about importance of work-life balance, since so many of us remotely realized that our workday 
has really expanded rather than contracted when we're working from home or, or working remotely. We still spend time on the soft skills, the importance of working as a team, what it means to be a team member, what the expectations are in a workplace, what are workplace appropriate behaviors, dress. We asked even if the person was calling in or if they were on board, we asked them to wear business casual clothing because we wanted them to see the trainings as preparation for when they would actually be on the job. And the funding that we got from Kessler enabled us to not only create the training programs virtually, uh, but to offer it to all of the job seekers that we had had prior to the stay-at-home pandemic. We had 10 individuals who were New Jersey residents who participated in these virtual trainings. Um, but we are going to continue to use them now that the grant has ended. We are going to continue to use these trainings both for those participants that prefer not to be involved in in-person training, but also what we found is that some people that couldn't participate in person because they lived in communities where it was too difficult to travel, that were now able to reach people who otherwise would not have participated before. And that includes areas of New Jersey where the transit system is not as robust, as well as areas of New York where people live in more remote and isolated communities. Do you have any success stories that you can share with us? I'd like to give you one vignette of a success story. I'm just going to call him Mr. G, totally blind, did well academically, but was having difficulty finding a job. Mostly, we discovered because of a lack of confidence, not because of a lack of training or skill. He just had tremendous anxiety about going into the job market. And that became really amplified during COVID. He was very discouraged about getting a job, but he shared those concerns he had in the groups. And he found that this virtual work readiness training really helped him regain some of his motivation to find employment. It gave him better insight into what remote work was was like. He never even considered looking for a job where he could work remotely. And that was something he decided was really going to be his goal. Very shortly after completing the work readiness training, Visions helped him apply for a virtual full-time customer service position. He was offered the job, and he has now been employed for over three months. He loves the job. He loves earning a salary, and he loves not having to leave home. 
Having the ability to be able to learn various skills online, especially for those who don't have accessible transportation, and the ability to be able to work remotely certainly opens up a whole new world of employment opportunities. Yes. And we also find with some of the participants that we work with who are blind and also on the autism spectrum, that these virtual work trainings and the remote jobs have worked extremely well for them because part of the difficulty has always been the social connection and being able to work at a remote job removes some of that anxiety. We are so grateful. And the fact that this was an emergency grant that came at a point when we all had to pivot and try to find ways to be innovative and still serve the participants that were counting on us, we could not have done it without this grant. Nancy, I just wanted to thank you for taking the time to talk to us today about Visions and the work that you've been able to continue throughout the pandemic with funding from our emergency grant. Thank you so much. For more information about Visions and Kessler Foundation grants, links are in the program notes. Tuned into our podcast series lately? Join our listeners in 90 countries who enjoy learning about the work of Kessler Foundation. Be sure and subscribe to our SoundCloud channel, Kessler Foundation, for more research updates. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast was recorded on December 10th, 2020 remotely and was edited and produced by Joan Banks-Smith, creative producer for Kessler Foundation.